The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon and welcome to our recognition and celebration of Asian American and Pacific Island uh, Heritage Month. Before I, uh, my name is Cheryl Cummings and I'm the chair of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. Before I go any further, I just wanna give a quick little history background about the, let me just say AAPI Heritage Month. Um, it started or people started uh, talking about it and uh, based on some of the research I did, it was one woman, a former congressional staffer, who brought the um, idea to her representative, her boss, and said, we really need to talk, we need to make this um, a, a holiday. We need to do something about that. So, uh, and took, took some work. Uh, in 1977, uh, President Carter signed the first sort of bill uh, recognizing uh, Asian American Pacific Islander heritage week at the beginning of May. And then in 1991, George Bush um, extended it to a month. And the reason that May was selected, um, it was selected because it commemorates the immigration of the first uh, immigrants from Japan that came to the United States in May, May 7th, 1843. And May was also selected to commemorate the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, um, which, as we know, was built by Asian immigrants, primarily, I think, Chinese um, immigrants. Um, and that was completed on May 10th. 1869. Um, so, and that's just based on research that I did. Uh, and I know there are issues about um, maybe that there were actually Filipinos in America way back in the 1500s. Um, but anyway, so that's sort of the, the uh, some history. So this afternoon, together with members of the Hawaii Association of the Blind and MCAC, um, we want to recognize and to, to, rec to recognize the contributions of Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, Native Hawaiians, um, that all these people, part of all these groups that all we want to recognize the many contributions that they've all made to the nation of the United States. Regina Brink and Pam Metz are members of the Multicultural Affairs Committee and will facilitate the call um, this afternoon. But before I turn it over to them, I would like to do uh, some introduction about our guests and our speakers this afternoon. Um, who are going to talk to us about their life experiences as blind Asian Americans living in Hawaii. So the first part, our first guest for this afternoon or this morning, depending on where you are, is Stacy Fasuk. Stacy was a premature baby born with congenital, con congenital glaucoma. At the age of two, Stacy and her family, who were refugees, refugees came from Laos to the United States. Um, Stacy has a master's in education from the University of Hawaii and works at the, okay, Stacy, say this word for me, please. <laughs> Ho. Oh, no. Say it again, please. Ho'opono. Ho'opono, Center for the, of the Blind as a Braille teacher. Our second guest is Ron Flormada. Ron was born in the Philippines. 
his retinitis pigmentosis was diagnosed when he was in college as he pursued and earned a degree in mechanical engineering. Even though he was not able to work in his field, Ron worked and says that it wasn't until he moved to the United States that he learned the skills needed to fully live and work as a person who is blind. Today, Ron works as a licensed blind vendor running a newsstand at the Kona International Airport. So thank you again to Stacy and Ron for agreeing to be our speakers this afternoon. And I'm going to turn this over to Regina Brink and Pam Metz. Thank you, Cheryl and Pam. As our timekeeper, do you want to explain to people how the time will work during this uh, Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Pam Metzen and hi. The time, I am the official timekeeper, and I keep people on time. Now, you have, Regina will ask the first three questions. I will ask the last two. And you have, I think, six minutes to answer each question. Uh, three. Three each. Is it three? <laughs> three minutes. I had thought it was Three, oh, that was six minutes to enter, for Cheryl to do introductions. So you have three <laughs> minutes to answer each question, and I will give you the time to do it. If you run over that a little bit, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Um, but I will keep people on time, and then we'll have how much time do we have for people left to ask questions. Um, they each get two minutes, I think, to ask their questions in, from the audience of the speakers. Yes, and two minutes so, for the answers, just so we can get as many so during we keep, the people in. As if you had two minutes to answer and two minutes to answer those questions, so hopefully we can keep everybody on time because this is about an hour presentation, Cheryl. Yes. Okay. So. Um, yes. It is. Get, okay. So we um, so welcome what's Susan and Susan? Oh Lord Jesus, Susan and Ron to, to today. And I will be asking the last two questions for you. So, Regina, go for it. Okay. So first, please tell us your name so we can identify you. And let us know how you identify yourself. So we're thinking of race, ethnicity, culture, disability, gender, all of that. And just share that with us. And uh, Susan, do you want to go first? Oh, my apologies. It's Stacy. Oh, Stacy. I don't know sorry. if I said Susan. I meant Stacy. Okay. I'm so sorry. Stacy, do you want to go first? Sure. Hi, my name is Stacy Fasuk, and um, I am from Laos, even though I've lived in Hawaii uh, the majority of my life. And I'm a female married mother of two, um, working as a braille teacher, and I'm totally blind. Okay. And Ron? Aloha, everybody. Good morning from Hawaii. Uh, my name is Ron, Ronald, Ronnie, all the same person. That's me. Uh, unlike the, the history that we heard from Cheryl, I didn't come to America in 1500, 1800. My family and I came to America in 2003. So that's about 19 years ago. I have RP, as you heard earlier. RP means you don't, uh, you, you were not born blind, but now I'm totally blind. Uh, I, uh, I'm male, married, three kids. And um, I just moved to the new uh, vending facility in the big island, Kona, last December. Uh, 2021, 20, but I've been in the program, vending program for 11 years. Mahalo. Mahalo. Okay. So this question is a little deeper. How would you describe race relations or ethnic relations in Hawaii as in comparison to the mainland? And Stacy, we can go back to you. Yes. I think for us, it's um, it's it's the opposite where the majority 
of people who live in Hawaii are Asian. So we don't have that type of tension that um, the mainland has. And here, because most of us are Asian, we're more, um, our culture is closer to our ethnicity versus I think people on the mainland who are Asian are very, um, what is the word I'm looking for? They're very American, if I can say that. <laughs> not that we're not American either, but we hold very, um, we're much more closer to our culture where we hold our, our uh, I, I think it's too early in the morning for me to think. But <laughs> our traditions, you know, our traditions are much more closer to our ethnicity. Um, so it's kind of a one foot on, you know, our ethnic culture versus another foot is in the American culture. So there's, there's a mix. Thank you. Okay. And Ron. Okay. Uh, I'm a Filipino. Uh, they say that the Filipinos came to Hawaii in the, I forgot, so early. 1500, 1800. So, um, I, I uh, my family, my family and I live in Ever Beach in Hawaii, uh, land of Oahu. And when you go out of the house, you you feel like you Philippines. I'm at home. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, there are Caucasians, other uh, ethnicities. But uh, it, it's like I, I never left the Philippines unless you go uh, to town where you see other uh, cultures, uh, witness them, uh, mingle with them. But the, almost the life is almost the same, except you have more McDonald's, Burger Kings, Wendy's. <laughs> Uh, you have Dennis. I don't think we have Dennis in 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 the Philippines. But as far as a blind person, that's where the difference comes in. There's more mm. support back here in the U.S. in Hawaii, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Okay, so you're saying there's more support being in Hawaii in the U.S. than if you were back in the Philippines. Is that, is that right? Yes. It, yeah, definitely more. Uh, we have Handy Van. We have uh, Ho'opono here. We have uh, ACB, you know, consumer groups, uh, not to mention the other camp. But, yeah, uh, life as a blind person in the U.S., in Hawaii specifically, is a lot better. Mm -hmm. So... Are there, are there specific challenges that arise when there's some kind of cultural conflicts? Because I imagine being of Filipino descent may be different from being of Japanese descent or say being of native Hawaiian descent. And even though everybody might be um, considered Asian or Asian Pacific Islander, is, is there some tension between the cultures sometimes and how is that handled? Go ahead, Stacey. I think in general, the different um, Asian ethnicities, there's really not as much tension. It's more the culture um, is where the problem lays and not so much between the ethnicities themselves. Because even though we're different ethnicities, we still kind of see each other as all Asians. So we're very accepting of the different cultures. Um, I mean, the, we, we share the food, we share we even share each other's cultures. So I think there's less tension between mm -hmm. them. I mean, there's, there's some a little bit because there's still certain ethnicities that are um, a little, I guess their values are a little different. So like the Japanese and the Chinese, they value education, they value business, you know, that type of mindset. Wow. And the other ones, they're less so so you have you still have these little segregations like um like ron said where a lot of filipinos live in one area and the japanese live 
in a different area. But again, it's less, it's, it's less tension and, and more, um, I guess, more accepting. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to turn it over to Pam. Would help. It would help if I unmute myself, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my, I have the fourth question, and and my question is, what? Hold on, I just read it. With the one item four, ten, land. With the one item five, what is the one land? With four, what positive influences do you feel you bring to ACB as ACB members who live in Hawaii? And uh, Stacy, you can go first, or doesn't matter who goes first. Oh, maybe Ron, since I answered the last one. Okay. Oh, okay. Ron, I'm sorry. I didn't give you a chance to answer the last question. Can we back up? Ron, perhaps you have a perspective. No problem with me. Yeah, no problem with me, too. Okay. Uh, you want me to repeat it? Um, yeah. Uh, well, um, adding to what Stacy mentioned, Okay, uh, as Filipino and vis-a-vis uh, -vis other cultures, Asian cultures, Chinese, Japanese, uh, Indians, India Indians, not American Indians, uh, th there is this aloha spirit in Hawaii. It, it's hard to describe, but there's always support uh, acceptance and um, we, we it's a symbiotic environment uh, I'm Filipino but I love Chinese food I eat Thai food I eat Japanese food we have Genki Sushi uh, uh, so there's not really uh, there's no tension among or between cultures we, we live and uh, support each other. We, we uh, in, in the Hawaii Association of the Blind, we have different cultures in it. And we just enjoy each other, fellowship. Um, that's that much I can say. That's wonderful. It's great to hear. All right. Now go ahead, Pam. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> what I don't, either one of you can answer first, it's fine with me. But what positive influences do you think, do you feel you bring to ACB as ACB members who live in Hawaii? Um, you want me to go ahead, Stacy? Sure. You can go, Ron. Uh, okay. Uh, so coming from Hawaii, from the Philippines, when, when I attend uh, ACB conventions, too bad ACB cannot go to Hawaii yet, huh? maybe in the future, in the near future, so we can share our spirit of aloha. And that's what uh, we, me, as Asian American, Filipino American, bring to ACB as a blind person, I, I want to share what I have experienced living in Hawaii. Um, it may not be financial, uh, but all the aloha spirit of uh, fellowship, support, friendliness, uh, uh, we can share uh, technology, uh, knowledge, yeah, well, whatever you guys uh, ask for, if we have it, we'll share it with all open arms. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Stacy. Um, I think uh, one way that we can benefit is that Ron mentioned that what he has, well, I, I should make clear that Oahu um, has a lot of support services 
when it comes to the blind. And maybe that could be something that the mainland could benefit from. You know, how do we how do we um, do things here in Hawaii that benefit the blind people? Um, like our we have a really, really good bus system. We have a great um, training center, not to be biased because I work there, but and, and other other wonderful services. Um, so maybe, you know, we can talk about uh, or share how things are done here on the mainland that would benefit the people on the continental U.S. Thank you. Okay. The fifth question and final, um, let's start with Ron, is what's, what's strength? Okay, hold on. Let me make sure. Make sure. What do you believe are the strengths of your community? What do you believe are your strengths in your community? In compare, I think it's in. What do you believe are the strengths of your community as compared to the mainland? Yeah. What do you believe are your strengths in your community as compared to the mainland? And and we are a little different compared to you. So, what do you believe are your strengths compared to the mainland? And, uh. Okay. Yeah, Ron, yeah, go okay. Ahead. Although we are Asians in Hawaii in the US, we are more accepting. We are more um uh I don't know if you say homogeneous, but you know, if you read the news nowadays, it's so scary living in the mainland. Uh those uh gun violence <laughs> we uh we just read the news about 10 an 18 year old kid shooting 13 killing 10 of them Th those are horrible we hear of uh korean women in the mainland being harassed and killed i i don't think we have those incidents in Hawaii. We, we yeah. I love living here in Hawaii. Uh, it's more peaceful. We, we uh, Asian Americans are more at home, more, uh, I, I believe, safer. My uh, daughter lives in California and she's so scared about What's going to happen because of this shortage in food? What's happening? Uh, I never uh, have that thought here in Hawaii. There's plenty of food so far. I hope it stays that way. Uh, so there's more peace of mind. Um, I think I am happy to be here. And I... I don't mind going to the mainland. So, but I still come back to Hawaii. Mahalo. Okay, Stacy. I think one of the biggest differences being an Asian American here in Hawaii versus the continental is that we are, um, we are able to live our own culture. Like we, we're not pressured or forced to assimilate to being American, you know, whatever, whatever that is. And uh, so in doing so, we get to enjoy other cultures who are, you know, not forced to assimilate. So um, there's, there's a lot less pressure to, to be American, you know, have American names and American values and, and American food. I know a lot of um, Asians on the mainland that, that they've never, especially if they're like second, third, fourth generation, like they don't speak their ethnic, uh, their ethnic language. They don't eat the ethnic food. And if it is, it's, it's all Americanized. You know, I mean, um, Panda Express is Chinese food, but, but that's Americanized Chinese food. It's not, you know, not what um, ethnic Chinese people would eat. So I think, I think that is one big benefit that we have these differences that we're allowed to express and learn from um, and not forced to 
to conform. Um, and because of that, uh, we also have, like Ron mentions a lot, is, is the aloha spirit, you know, that we're accepting of, of other people's cultures and languages and values. And, and um, also, like he said, it's, it's very peaceful here. Yes, I'm not going to lie and say there's no violence and there's none of that stuff, but um, it's a lot less. And maybe it's because of the weather, too. I mean, because we have the best weather around the world. So there are a lot more um, happier people, you know, as far as the weather and the environment. Um, it does cost a lot of money here to live. So I guess that's the price of paradise. But as Ron said, um, I've lived on the mainland a few times, too, and I've always run back home because this is where I feel safest, happiest, most content. Thank you. Okay, did, did Ron answer the question yet? Yeah, he answered yeah, I did. it, yes. Yeah. Yes, he did, did he did first. Ask a question here? Does anybody have any questions for Stacy and Ronald? I do. I do. Do you guys want to take hands or do you guys just want people to jump in? We would like to take hands. Okay. So the first person but, who raised their hand has an area code of 808 and ends in 070. Oh, okay. actually, before, but before you do that, hold on. One, I think Pam wants to ask a question. But after yeah. Pam asks her question, um, Michael, do you want to just remind folks about the Certainly. protocol of raising your hand and unmuting and all that? I stuff? can do that. Okay, so okay, go Pam, go ahead. With My question. question to both of you, I know you live in Hawaii, and um, do, you, do you actually, I, I'm sitting here thinking about the answers that you gave, and, and yes, the aloha spirit and, 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 um, and all that, but do you actually feel Hawaii is a part of the United States? I mean, that's the feeling I got that you don't feel like Hawaii is a part of the United States. And it just may be what I'm feeling, getting from your answers, but do you not feel that Hawaii is a part of the United States, even though it became part of the United States in 1959, I think? Yes. Uh, I'd like to answer that. Uh, yes, go ahead. It's just a question I had. I just that feeling I got. I'm, I'm, I'm not being critical. It's just a feeling that I got. No, yes, yes, sure, sure. Uh, I worked at the Honolulu airport for six years when I when we came to uh, Hawaii uh, to the U.S. for that matter. I worked there as a sales associate for Philo 2, a blind vendor. And one of the or some of the customers that uh, uh, come to me to check out was you know uh, and they say and they tell me you know back in in the U.S. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, are you out of the U.S. right now? I mean, are you not here in the U.S.? We are still part of the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, we are. <laughs> sure, we are, what, five hours away from California? Yeah, we have to cross the pond, the Pacific Ocean. But we are still Americans. If you look around, we are surrounded by the U.S. Armed Forces. <laughs> we have all the big uh, military bases here. I live in Eva, and we always hear uh, aircrafts from the Air Force zooming in and out. You know? it, this is still the U.S. Uh, we still speak English, although some uh, some of us use their uh, native languages where they came from we mm -hmm, still use mm -hmm. american dollars we still watch oh no i get uh, that i get that it's just <laughs> some you know i have talked to a lot of people from hawaii and they they always say well i'm i'm from hawaii not the united states and that's why oh I have really that yeah, oh. yeah 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 and it's, it's like, that. Oh, okay <laughs> it's okay it's still the yeah, still the largest army base is still in Hawaii. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stacey, oh, well. Can you answer? Yeah. So I think just like Ron, I mean, we are still a part of the U.S. I mean, you know, like he said, our our um, well, one of our um, languages is English. That is the the formal language of Hawaii. Um, 
And, but we're also because we're so far removed, sometimes oh, yeah. we can get that feeling like, you know, we're, we are Americans, but we're a little separated, like distant cousins or something like that. <laughs> I like that answer, <laughs> distant cousins. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, I like that one. That's our, that's our distant cousins over there, you guys, in case you want to know. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Okay, thank you for answering that. Because that's just, I, I heard, I've heard that from people who have come from Hawaii say, well, you know, we're just going to visit the United States. And I'm, I look, I, well, wait, wait a minute. Isn't Hawaii a part of Because I've been to a couple of the ACB conventions with and with the Hawaii contention. And one of the best things you guys bring over are the macanabia nuts. But the other thing, <laughs> but I've, I've talked to a few of them and they said, well, we just came to the United States to, to talk to you guys at the convention. And I go, wait, 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 wait. Isn't Hawaii still a part of the U.S.? So yeah, thank you for answering that. Yes. And this is Michael, your host. Do you want me to go through those instructions real quick? Please. Perfect. So you guys do have four hands currently raised. If you want to mute and unmute yourself, you use Alt-A on Windows and Alt-Y to raise and lower your hand. On the Mac, it's Command-Shift-A to mute and unmute yourself or Option-Y to raise and lower your hand. If you're on a mobile device, raising and lowering your hand is under the More tab on the bottom right-hand side. And... Mutiny, muting and unmuting yourself <laughs> is the bottom left-hand button. And if you're on a landline, it's star six to mute and unmute yourself and star nine to raise your hand. As I said, uh, 808 ending in 070, I did mute you because we were getting background noise. And I don't know if it was coming from you or not, but you'll want to go ahead and unmute yourself and ask your question. Stacy, Ron, good morning. Good morning. Penny, hey, Hi. Yeah, this is Kenny. Good morning, Aloha. Um, Are you in Chicago? No, you know where I'm at. I'm in Pearl City. (laughs) (laughs) I just just wanted to touch on um, something that that you guys spoke to earlier uh, in your presentation in regards to the Aloha. Being a mainland person and coming from the mainland to move to Hawaii, I've been here next month of these 15 years that I've, I've lived here in Hawaii. And when I moved here, I'd never been here, didn't know anybody, didn't know anything about here, uh, but my time, Wahinis and beaches. But as a mainland person coming here and uh, getting off the plane that morning when, we, when I first landed and the, the flight attendant asked me, she said, how long are you going to be visiting here in Hawaii? I said, well, I just moved here. I'm, this is my first day here. And she said, welcome home. And I've been here 15 years and that welcome home has never left me. I felt, you you can come from the mainland, come here and you feel at home. Here in Hawaii and the the main difference in here in the mainland for me has been, it's not what you are, it's who you are here. The mainland is so focused on what you are, they overlook who you are as a person. They don't do that over here. They, they focus on who you are as a person and not what you are. And I think that's one of the main, main things about over here. And I, I've um, felt at home the whole 15 years that I've been here. And thanks for letting me uh, butt in. But Ron, Stacey, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you, Kenny. Your next thanks, Kenny. hand is Sharon. Hi, thank you for this excellent presentation. My question is about the fact that there are many languages in Hawaii, and I wonder if blind people uh, are trying to learn them and if there are Braille codes for them, and also whether there are books available in different languages on BARD. Thank you. Do you want to answer that? Me too. I'm not sure how to answer that. I, I, I read and write English. Uh, I can do Tagalog. Uh, as a blind person. Um, Maybe I can answer that more since I'm the Braille teacher. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, the, the problem is I don't know Braille. <laughs> okay, Stacey, take it away. 
<laughs> well, as far as um, Braille in different languages, the standard Braille here is still English, which is the main um, language spoken. A lot of a lot of us have um, dual dialects or more, you know, <clears throat> more than one dialect, um, and we speak it with you know our own our own people, you know. But English is mainly the the language. Um, there is some Braille I know in in Japanese and Thai. Some of the some of the more prominent languages. Um, there is Braille in Hawaiian, uh, but it is very different. So I don't know of very many people um, that know more than one, you know, more than one language of Braille. There might be a couple, but most of them, if they do read Braille, it's it's in English. I hope that answers your question. Yes, and, and how about uh, languages on BARD? Have you seen uh, different languages or? Yeah, well, not in Braille. Not no, in no, Braille. I'm, on audio, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, I have seen, um, there's Vietnamese, I've seen mm. there. Uh, I have seen maybe like one or two pieces in Thai. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And maybe that will come more from the Marrakesh, who knows? Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Thank you. And it, look, it looks like your next hand is a phone number that is area code 978 ending in 982 followed by Serena. Go ahead, 978. Yeah, this is uh, Dr. Gerard Boucher from Massachusetts. I want to thank you for having this teleconference. And I uh, just was curious what the population uh, was in uh, Hawaii. You know the population? About, about 1.4, I believe, the last census. Yeah, 1.4. The bulk of them are on Oahu. About a million in Oahu. <laughs> yes. And there's seven the islands. Island. <laughs> the whole Hawaiian island, how many people? Well, they're 1. all a bunch. Yeah, the state itself is 1.4, but there are like seven... Seven or eight islands. Island. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the, the state itself is about one point four million. Yeah. That's probably why you don't have much crime. Not and uh, not not Everybody counting knows Vegas. Each other. <laughs> not not counting Vegas because Vegas the crime will go up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Keep up the good, keep up the good work. <laughs> Next is Serena, followed by Maria. Serena, unmute. Yeah, Serena, you are on mute. If you're unable to mute or it says the host isn't allowing you to unmute, you need to make sure to get that got it button uh, that is letting you know that the call is recorded. I'm not sure what? if there's any confusion. Her name is Serita. It's not. Can you hear me? Hello. There you are. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for the opportunity to say hi to everyone. I, I want you hi. to know that I came out on my deck where it's about 90 degrees and I'm surrounded by my husband's beautiful flowers to get in the mood for this talk. <laughs> so I feel right there with you. Uh, I was curious. You mentioned that uh, these that you work in the vending program and the, that you're a Braille teacher. What are some of the other occupations uh, that you may be aware of for blind and low vision people in your communities? Um, um, a bunch, I go think. ahead, Stacey. Stacey I was going to say we have, um, we, have, we have lawyers, we have massage therapists, we have musicians, mm -hmm. teachers. I mean, it, it runs the gambit. So, so it's just like mainline oh, yeah. it's, it's no big difference okay mm -hmm. you know um since i've been a member of acb for a very long time i can recall that one of the discussions about going over to uh H hawaii if you were a guide dog user was that the dog had to be in isolation for a period of time prior to being able to uh come 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 into Hawaii. Do, do, are, are either of you guide dog users? And if you are, do you have any knowledge of whether that's still be still still the case? 
that's not the case anymore. It used to be that way, but mm -hmm. they've made exceptions for service animals. Yeah, that was a long time ago, very long time ago. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I have met a uh, few members uh, during my time at ACB who reside in Hawaii. And I can honestly say I always felt welcomed by them. And they always extended an invitation. And I hope one day to be able to visit there. Thank you very much. You're always You're still welcome. welcome. Yes. <laughs> You're still welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And Sarita, I apologize for uh, not pronouncing your name correctly. Next is Maria. Right. Hi, everyone. This is a great presentation. And uh, Stacy, I think you actually on Twitter way back in the day were the one who recommended that I visit a shrimp truck when I went to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Giovanni's. Yes. 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 Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> um, I was wondering, and I'm not trying to say this is like one group against the other, but just I'm curious, just from a numbers standpoint, if you have any sense of like which, uh, in terms of how the percentages stack up in terms of which, you know, Asian community is the large, I imagine is a Japanese perhaps, or just kind of how that stacks up in the um, population of Hawaii. And I, I just had to jump in too and say, um, in terms of the Braille usage uh, for uh, the, the question and for NLS, we are uh, the Multicultural Affairs Committee and the International Relations Committee, the latter of which I'm the chair, we're actually gonna be having a session at convention uh, on that Friday, the 24th of June, uh, 1 p.m. Central with the foreign language librarian of NLS. So that's a great place to um, ask that question. And also one of um, our on a presentation at the IRC did recently on Braille, uh, one of the panelists uh, from India actually recommended there's a res resource called World Braille Usage. And if you Google that, you should find a link. I'm, we're going to be putting this on the International Relations Committee webpage as well. But in the meantime, um, if you Google that, there's a link on the Perkins website and you can download it in PDF or BRF format. And that lists all the different Braille codes uh, for the, the various languages and what the you know Braille dot combinations are. So perhaps that helps someone out too. So thanks. That would be so great because I know in Japan, they've got Braille everywhere. And, and I am a Braille reader. So when I tried to read it, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is Greek. This makes absolutely no sense. So that would be so awesome to be able to read different, you know, languages in Braille. Because, but of course, you probably would have to know the language. To yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what it used to be the Japanese, but I think the Filipinos now. There's a huge population of Filipinos. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the the numbers, the ratio, but I I can safely say that the Asians outnumber the Caucasians. Oh yes, like eighty five percent. This is Michael. You guys ready for your next hand? Yeah. All right. Next is Deanna, followed by Meryl. So go ahead, Deanna. Hi. Um. Well, it's been a long time. I was I served in the United States Peace Corps in Western Samoa between seventy four and seventy seven, and while there, um, my husband and I um, established a school for the blind, and we brought people from Tonga and other outlying areas as well that didn't have access to education, and we actually. Um, constructed a braille code for the Samoan language using um, some of the symbols like a common prefix in Samoan words is FAA. So we use the full braille cell for that. So instead of it being FOR in, in the Samoan code, it would be FA. <laughs> and, so, um, and we had another symbol for repeated syllable or syllable because they had a repetition uh, like malangalanga. So langalanga would, you know, we'd only have to write it once and then put the symbol, say it again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Things like that. And it was um, when I left, one of my students was continuing to use it all of the time and was in the process of brailing the Samoan Bible. Um, so I don't know if anything is 
if that code still exists or is in use because it's been so long since we left country. But um, I was curious if you knew of any um, blind Samoans living in Hawaii, because I know a lot of them did eventually head that way, particularly from American Samoa. Actually, yes, I, I've actually taught a few um, blind students from both American Samoa and, and Samoa. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I always regretted the fact that as a nation, you know, you might spend the rest of your lives uh, supporting a community, but as Peace Corps volunteer, we actually spent an extra six months because I asked for an extension um, while I trained some people to take over our program, but I think it's long gone now. It's one of those things where um, it was an uphill battle because Western Samoa was a third world country at that time, and children with disabilities were not of high value. So one of the things we did in our school was to teach the children useful skills and to encourage them to move freely. Some of them did naturally because that's the, their family didn't restrict them. Others were kept quiet and sitting down so much that one of my students had um, legs that were permanently um, bent from sitting cross-legged all of the time. And mm. we had to teach him to walk. And he was already in his teens and we had to teach him to balance and stuff, but he was never going to have a normal gait because his legs were deformed by that time. But at least, you know, we were able to get him up and moving and we encouraged the children as much as possible to move and learn how to do um, crafts and work in a garden and wash dishes and do various things that to make them of value to their family, because that was the only way we could see that they would get um, acceptance. And uh, it was a, it was a wonderful experience, but it was one of the toughest ones I've ever <laughs> undertaken. Um, living in a country where my blindness was really not viewed very positively. My husband got several propositions from various Samoan men. Why don't you get rid of that barren blind wife of yours? I've got this niece or I've got this daughter. <laughs> I think out of self-defense, my body said, okay, you can show them. So I got pregnant and my oldest child was born while we were in Samoa. <laughs> I, I somehow thought maybe it was the water because my language instructor had a um, sow that was giving birth. Her dog was pregnant. Her chickens were sit sitting on eggs and I started throwing up and I went to the Peace Corners and said, I'm having a lot of trouble with nausea. And she said, could you be possibly be pregnant? And I said, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, you know, using birth control. And she said, well, let's take the test just to be sure. And yep, mm -hmm. I was. So <laughs> I swear it was the water. Blessed news. Okay. <laughs> okay, next okay. time too. So yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So we have Meryl followed by Cheryl, and then that'll be all of your guys' hands. Okay. Thank, thank, thank you so much for this presentation. And I wanted to say that um Sarita, yeah, I've been a member a long time too of ACB, and I do remember in '83 at the convention in Phoenix, um, they were the ones that we we had a bid. Hawaii had a bid for 1984 to have the convention there, but it, they lost because of the guide dog issue, and then I think Philadelphia won. So <laughs> I do remember that. But also, I've gotten an invitation from uh, Anthony Acamini to. Um, attended why he keeps, he keeps on saying, when are you going to come? And then uh, for Maria, um, I have already looked at the different Braille codes. It's quite interesting. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Meryl. And Cheryl mm -hmm. is our last hand, I believe, because we're- Yes, he said that the was the last hand, yes. All right, so I have a question sort of following up a little bit on what Deanna talked about. Um, Stacey and Ron, I would be interested in hearing um, sort of, you know, how do uh, how does somebody who's blind sort of manage maybe conflict 
or challenges that exist between sort of what your family or your culture says about blindness versus what um, you know the rehab agencies say about blindness or the professionals around might say about blindness. Um, <clears throat> as for me, uh, my, my family is a big support. Uh, I work as a blind vendor and I tell you, uh, I try to be as independent as possible, but there are tasks just that uh, being a blind person is simply not practical uh, to operate. So I'm blessed that I have a family, very helpful, supportive. So I thrive, I think I succeed as a blind uh, person working as a vendor. Uh, I, I don't see any conflict with what the rehab is doing uh, or uh, specifically DVR, Division of Vocational Rehab. Uh, they're they're help, helping us a lot, uh, especially through Ho'opono. And uh, I'm grateful for their uh, overall uh, performance and uh, assistance to the blind community. Stacy, um, I just wanted to say um, the culture of being Asian, I think the challenge is that as an Asian, you are taught to be um, passive. You are taught to be, you know, kind of like downcast eyes. So that's where when you're a disabled, you know, disabled person, um, you a lot of the culture says, well, you're disabled, so you, you can't do anything. And you're not supposed to counter that. You know, you're not supposed to say, no, I, I can. So that's kind of a hard thing to get over, I think, for a lot of a lot of Asians, especially when they're young. I think when you become disabled uh, as an adult or, or older, you know, you, you've already you've already learned your independence. But when you're born with a with a disability, you're not taught to stand up for yourself. You're not taught to be assertive. Um, and I, I know that there are a lot of um, blind children that are challenged with that. So unless the parents are willing to um, are willing to advocate for their children and know that their children uh, can and are able to do stuff, we have a lot of we have a lot of young students um, that are limited. I think that's the challenge. Where I know there are um, you know on the mainland that, that there are some parents who are just like, well, you know, they're normal kids. Asians don't really think that way. Asians think that, you know, if you, if you're born with a disability, that you're, you're, the family itself is being punished and, and you as the disabled person are the responsibility of the family to take care of. So, I mean, that way it's, it's kind of different. Um, and for us here, we're not so focused on, independence i mean we have more of a, a a family type of value where you know here we live with our parents i mean also because of the cost of living but we have you know two or three generations living in one house and we all take care of each other we all take care of our family and that kind of extends out you know to our to our society too um but but again we're not taught to be independent you know like an individual. We're not taught to be an individual. So that's, I think that's the challenge. And I suppose we're almost finished, but just, and so Stacy, as a Braille teacher, how do you sort of respond to that? How do I respond to being independent, you mean? Or to, to the, the challenge as you described it? Um, you know, that's the hardest part because Braille itself, like a lot of, a lot of parents 
don't want their kids to learn Braille because it, it is hard, right? I mean, they've, they, and they don't want their kids to be different. They want their kids to learn how to read like sighted people. But I think that's a disservice to the child. Um, but I, you know, I encourage them, you know, why not learn Braille as well? It's not like you, you can, you know, not learn print. You can learn print and you can learn Braille and you have an extra tool in your toolbox for when the time comes, you know, if, if and when it comes that you may not be able to read print anymore, so. Thank you. Okay, I think we're at just at the point where we can have closing comments from, let's say first Ron, then Stacy, and then Cheryl. This is Susan Kitazawa. I've had my oh. hand raised, but I don't seem to be being recognized. Yeah, she, she raised her hand a, a couple of minutes ago. So if you guys have four minutes. Okay, we, yeah, we're just toward the end. Right, so I just, I'd like to just make my comments since I did raise my hand, I finally figured out how to do it. Um, first of all, I think this is a wonderful program. Thank you for everyone for organizing it and to Stacy and Ron for your very interesting presentation. And um, just to toss out there because this is for American, Asian American Heritage Month that I think a really important thing is that there's an incredible diversity among the Asian American community, maybe more than other communities of color in terms of people coming from very different countries, backgrounds, languages, cultures, um, and also immigration history that there are people who've been Americans here for five or six generations and they're folks who've been here about six months in the mainland or in Hawaii. And so there's a huge variation. And I think that's an important thing to, to know about the Asian American community. And then I just wanted to say one thing to correct what I thought might be somewhat of a misperception um, earlier on that Asian Americans here on the mainland have sort of become, well, I think it was Americanized was the word that was used, which is maybe uh, a euphemism for Europeanized. Um, and I think it's really important to know that many of us who've been here on the mainland, even for many generations, are still very active in our own cultures and communities, um, traditions, both as families and also within the larger community. Um, I know I took taiko drum classes and was part of a performing group, which is a Japanese thing, and I'm third generation. And I, I don't think that it's a a good thing to believe that we've given up on our cultural roots because a lot of them, us are very attached to them and very involved, even though we're here on the mainland where there's been a lot of discrimination against Asian Americans who have not been in the majority the way people have been able to be in Hawaii. So I just wanted to correct that. But I think most of all to know that there's such a huge variation within our Asian American community and just to keep that in mind. So thank you for giving me a chance to speak. Thank you, thank you Susan. I apologize that um, the hand raising issue was difficult. Okay, um, it's left us with very little time to close. Really quickly, if there's maybe 30 seconds each, Ron and then Stacy, you can leave to close out. Okay, uh, I am deeply honored and it's my pleasure to share my experiences as uh, a Filipino, an Asian American living in Hawaii and uh, share my experiences as a blind person, uh, living, working. Um, I've, uh, I've attended uh, a number of ACB conventions and it's, it's fun. So I enjoy being here in the U.S. as an Asian American. I enjoy it. Mahalo. Mahalo, Stacy. Yes, I just wanted to say thank you um, for letting me share my experiences here. And I just wanted to say that I also enjoyed um, living in Hawaii. And, you know, I, I wasn't originally an American either, but I chose to be one and I, that I have not regretted the decision. Um, and, you know, I extend another warm welcome to all of you. Whenever you come to Hawaii, look us up because you're always welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And Cheryl. Oh my gosh. Just thank you to everyone. Um, thank you, Stacy and Ron and Regina and Pam and our host, Michael and our streamer, Joe. Um, you know, 
thanks to all of you, we're able to be in this space and to have this conversation. And I hope that this is just the start. This is just the beginning and that we'll continue talking and learning from each other. So thank you all. Okay. Thank you so much to our hosts, our streamers, Pam, Cheryl, and all of you that attended. Have a wonderful day. And I guess we should all say mahalo, right? Mahalo. Aloha. Mahalo. <laughs> Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> mahalo. Right? All right. Thank you, Stacy and Ron. Really appreciate you, as I said, being yeah, up at uh, nine in the morning to come and talk to us. Well, thank yeah. you. You're for welcome. The opportunity. All right. Super. Thank you, everyone. Arigato. Thank you. Yeah.